This podcast is a part of the Signals Media All-Star Network. For more information on this and other fine shows, go to SignalsMedia.com. It's okay to stick our stuff in your ears. Really? Coming up for episode 122, we look back on 30 years of memories. PlayStation may have prepared us for the racing of the future, and oh, Steam, you know me. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. This is I Remembered It Better, a podcast experiment in geek nostalgia. Come on, Barb, like a dog for me. Ooh, I done a bad thing. We're on a mission from God. This is my boomstick. Kiss my converse. This looks extraordinarily bad. I got a bad feeling about this. Now, here are your hosts. Oh, no. Not again. Superhumans remain entertained until the end. Welcome to I Remembered It Better, the show that takes a look back and asks, was it as good as we thought it was? Coming to you from Dayton, Ohio, where it's really hard being your daughter's hero. I'm Cliff Haddix, also known as Remy Geek, and I'm joined in tonight's analytical look back. Bye from Atlanta, Georgia, where he has a ticket for an aeroplane. Ryan Allgood. Hey, Cliff. Um, hey, why are you my daughter's hero? Uh, because uh, it's her birthday tomorrow. And she wanted your cookies. daughter's. Your, yeah, my daughter. Okay, the way you said my that, it sounded like it's hard being your, like my daughter. Did I say that? Did I say your daughter? Yeah, birthday? it's tough Did being. It's tough being your daughter's hero. So I was like, that, that sounds creepy as all get out, doesn't it? Yeah, maybe I should <laughs> do that. No, my daughter's no, you hero. Keep it creepy. It's tough, being, you know. It's tough being your daughter's hero. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, she, uh, she, she needed cookies, mm-hmm. and she didn't want bought cookies. She wanted baked cookies. Mm-hmm. So this evening, I've been in the kitchen baking cookies all evening, so she can take them. And I and my wife have been eating the rejects. So it's <laughs> it's, it's good all around. Well, no, no, it's she wanted M and M cookies, and and I, I had them. I opened and up. You the, don't want to make her angry, Cliff. You know how I don't she make gets. Her I know how much she is. But when I dumped in the M and M's, one of the bags apparently had been crushed at the store, and like all this M M&M and M powder pours out at the very end. So there's a couple of the cookies that are just they're M and M's, but with little just blobs of chocolate in them, and they look suspect, but they taste delicious. Yeah, that's so the, I mean, yeah, the even the reject M M&M and M cookies are delicious. Yeah. That's yeah, it's good. It's good. But you're loading up and getting ready to head across the pond, are you not? I am. Yeah, I'm. I'm headed. Um, I head out to the to the UK's. I leave Sunday night, um, late enough so that I arrive there there Monday almost afternoon, probably about ten or eleven a.m. And uh, I'll be over there uh, just working with my London team and the office over there for about a week, and then. Uh, no. Now, will you get to leave the office much? Oh, yeah, Cause yeah, because that's how I get okay, to the hotel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, but I know that in some of the travel that you've been doing, you basically are just office and hotel. Are they going to show you a few things while you're there this time? Uh, probably not, because there's just, okay. uh, I mean, it's it's one of those things, like, when I don't, when I have, a, like, my family to come home to, like, I get out of the office and I come on home and spend time with my yeah. family, but... If I don't have like family to come home to when I'm traveling for work, like I usually just work really late at at whatever office I'm at, and then I head back to my hotel with whatever I didn't finish, <laughs> and I work really late there. So, um, oh, what's that? That's the London Eye. No yeah. Big deal. <laughs> uh, so I'll probably see some of London as I fly into Heathrow, and then uh, I'll be in I'll be in Gatwick most of the time. I mean, maybe I'll I'll get to 
chance to go out. And um, last time I went over a couple years ago, uh, one of the managers, I got to spend an evening, like, you know, I got to visit his house and go to his village pub and, and that kind of thing. So um, so that was cool. You know, it's uh, it's it's different enough that 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 was kind of like, I guess, seeing London. But uh, yeah, not uh, oddly enough, they don't really pay for me to go over there and do a lot of touristy things. But um well, true, you know, true. But I, I, I am pretty psyched. They put, they put me. Obviously, they're looking forward to me being there, because uh, they put me in, um, in the the British Airways Club World again, which is the little mm-hmm. little cubicle seats where you have like the privacy screens and you just like everything collapses down into a bed and it's uh, it's it's some comfortable flying. So, um, so yeah. So it it seems like they want me there. So that's good. Okay. <laughs> And joining us in the third chair from Phoenix, Arizona, you know him as Gnomewise, Todd Whitehead, head geek over Alpha Geek Media, where you can stream all the things. Stream all the things on all the things. (laughs) Everywhere, any way you want it. You cannot escape us. It will play on your potato. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Explain to, to people just how many different ways can they take in your media. Well, let's just go down the list here. Let's see. TuneIn.AlphaGeekRadio.com. Yes. Uh, mobile phone, just point your web browser at AlphaGeekRadio.com. Roku, uh, YouTube Live, which means every smart TV and smart device in the universe that has a YouTube app can stream the audio, the, the video channels. Uh, Twitch, Apple TV, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Amazon Fire TV, Chromecast, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, the freaking Wii U, okay? <laughs> what more do you people want from me? Blood? I mean, if Maybe you're offering, you... like, um... The creepy refrigerator from Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's even in there! There is no Dana. There is only the morning stream. <laughs> well, we are so glad to have you, Todd. Alone oh, thank you for having me tonight. This is awesome. This is awesome. I was uh, sharing earlier that uh, that casually hardcore, which is the show that you still do, you still, still do. In fact, you'll be doing later tonight after we're done um, here. Was the first, as I just said to Todd, normal person's podcast I ever listened to. Meaning, now, that's not, that's not to say that he's that he's not weird. He is weird. Thank you. But like, you know, I it was like. It was Leo Laporte and other people that were doing this full on for a living, and then I stumbled onto Casually Hardcore and fell in love with the just the whole essence of podcasting. And now here, years later, here I am doing a podcast, and I have you on, and this is a nice little full circle moment. One of us. One <laughs> of us. <laughs> we do want to explain for those who may have forgotten from last week, um, uh, that Jules is at PAX South and is uh, doing a presentation there. So she's like, she's like, ooh, fancy person. Yes, yeah, she's, uh, she's but, too cool for us this week. She's, <laughs> she's too cool. We she was not able to be here. here. Yeah, we got a badass <laughs> over here. <laughs> but uh, she will be back next week uh, with us when Ryan is out. So we'll we'll figure something out between here and there. But uh, I, enough of the shuffling. Let's get on to it because. 
My geeks, my fanboys, and fangirls, you can call us what you want. We all the things we love and obsess over. We hold a special place in the things of our childhood. Webster's Dictionary defines nostalgia as a wistful or excessively sentimental yearning for a return to or of some past period or irrecoverable condition. So how many of the things that we have geeked out in the past and may still to this day are really as awesome as we remember? And how many of them have we overhyped in our memory to the point that a second look will have us saying why? Did we like this? So, what geeky goodness have you been into this week, Ryan? I, I've been into some. Uh, a, a lot of my week has been about getting ready for this this trip and uh, planning for for uh, some meetings and stuff. But um, uh, I just now I've started to wonder though if Jules and I aren't the same person because I feel like we're never <laughs> in the same place at the same time. Um, I don't uh. know. I'm start. I'm starting to wonder. But it's impossible because you would never be around cats that much. Yeah, I couldn't. I could, well, I don't know. Maybe that's my Clark Kent, like Clark Kent to Superman <laughs> thing. You know, like Clark Kent was all bumbling and and kind of kind of awkward, and you know, I'm like, oh no, I'm so allergic to cats. So. So what you're maybe. saying is you, you're cat L. Yes. Oh. Nice. What I nice. did there, did you see it? Yeah. No, I I see it. I like it. The dad joke is strong in here. <laughs> But uh, no, as as far as geeky goodness, um, uh, I've gotten I, this might have come up a little bit last week, but uh, I've I've gotten my nerdom has shifted into kind of a post-apocalyptic mood. So um, I'm back watching, uh, getting caught up on The Walking Dead, uh, which is uh, which is kind of picked up from where I dropped off. Has has gotten uh, gotten exciting. Kind of fell off from it because I, I it was a series of episodes where it was like. Everybody was kind of off on their own, and we were getting the um, like the the Daryl and Beth episode, and uh, I don't know, it's, it's just got really boring for a second there, and I moved on to watching other stuff. But um, uh, having shifted kind of into that mode, and you know, wanting wanting zombie apocalypse, I mean, what what better than than Walking Dead, really? So, there you go. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, getting caught up on that, and but I'm starting to run out of episodes, and I'm kind of panicking because I don't know what I'm going to binge watch while I'm just hanging out uh, in a London hotel room. So um, I'm open to suggestions by all means. Feel free to let me know if there's something I should be watching. Uh, well, remember, when you, when you fire up Netflix in the UK, you will be greeted by a different selection of offerings, so you may find new and interesting ooh, things. That's true. Yeah, that's why I'm also bringing um, – I'm bringing – I've got the first season of Black Sails on DVD that uh, – I'm gonna have with me to watch while I'm there too, just in case I don't like what the UK Netflix has to offer me. Hmm. But um, yeah. let's see. Uh, I was playing uh, Shadows of Mordor. Finished that up. Cool game. Very cool game. But it's not the kind of thing I'd, I'd really see having a lot of replayability uh, for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, it's one of those games that ends, but then it doesn't really end. Lets you go back and you can finish all the all the little side stuff you didn't do. But uh, uh, for me, by the time I got to the end of that game, I was I was good and done, so ready to move on to something else. Um, and really, just buying my time till I get back uh, back in town and pick up my Xbox One and start uh, start on some Fallout Four because I needs it. I needs it bad. <laughs> and uh, and then I, I guess still in that post apocalyptic vein, I, I, somebody got me for my birthday the third compendium of the Walking Dead comic books. So I'm. Uh, I'm absorbing that as well. I would take it with me as I travel, but it's I think exceeds the weight maximum for checked baggage. 
(laughs) Quite possible. You say that like it's a bad thing. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, it's a bad thing. I can't take it. It's, you know, uh, but when when a when a comic book compendium like outweighs the Gutenberg Bible, you know, we've come (laughs) along as a society. Yes. Both both have things raising from the dead in them. Uh... Uh, Spoilers. (laughs) Jeez. I hadn't gotten to the end of the other one. Jesus. No, there's a funny joke. We were talking about, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, Buddy was getting married, and we were getting the uh, the sanctuary set up, and we had to move the altar out of the way, uh, you know, because move along, altar. So yeah. it, it had this giant Bible on it, and as we're moving the altar, <clears throat> one of the other groomsmen is like, man, it's probably be lighter if we got that giant book out of the way. I was like, giant book? That's that's the that's the Bible, dude. You You've seen it before, right? It's a good one. Read it. The guy comes back at the end. So, yeah. <laughs> spoiler, spoilers, spoilers. But oh. that's um, that's about it for me. Um, oh. So, Todd, I have been uh, reimmersing myself in Diablo three with the new season opening up uh, mm-hmm. this month, um, and interestingly, without any urging or suggestions from me, my wife has stepped up and then has uh, reinvigorated her interest in Diablo 3. So I've been powering her through rifts lately. Uh, in fact, we were doing uh-huh. it right up to the beginning of this show. And, oh. <laughs> and discovering that her video driver has very specific issues with the latest update to Windows 10. So I oh. got to spend a good 20 minutes uh, rolling her back to old versions of the device drivers. And, hey, look, it suddenly oh. works again. Uh, cause, oh, yay, gosh. Windows. Thank you, Uncle Bill. Don't you love, don't you love when playing a video game requires a word problem before it starts? This is where oh. the great unwashed masses of, of console players are laughing and pointing in it, and uh, I, I do not <laughs> like it. However, I just plug it into my TV and it works. I What's the problem? What does 60 frames per second mean? <laughs> I just, I, I just play Madden. It's good. My, it's good. my TV's HD. It's, it's 480i. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, oh, I, I I would like to point out, Ryan. He does the same backward voice I do, and he's from Arizona, so it's kind of a universal. <laughs> yeah, I mean that you guys are just both the the same the same brand of dick. So <laughs> now, now, I mean, don't, don't right. be hating. I'm just kind of surprised Cliff still does it, being from Second Virginia. You know, because yeah, well, they I, have that accent there, and yeah, in other Virginia. Too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, I, I grew up in New York State, not, okay. not New York City, which is a different freaking planet. New York oh, State. Uh, but I'm, I'm a transplant to the Southwest from the late 80s, so I have been more or less assimilated by the, 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 the Southwest of the United States. So, but we're not the South. The Southwest is a very different creature from the South. And yet, we still have the the same generic redneck voice we fall back on when we want. Oh, yeah. When we want, how y'all doing today? You know, just... Yeah, one of my good friends from West Virginia um, actually lives in Phoenix now, and yeah, he's still got the same accent he always had, and I'm sure he fits in just fine yeah. out there. I just I, I won't I won't play the. Do you know him? Because I know Phoenix <laughs> is a pretty big place. I'm not going to play that game. There's at least four or five of us here, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Just hanging around your rock yards and just enjoying That's life. Right. It's all good. Zerescaping, baby. Zerescaping. Um, so, and I've been, in the last couple of weeks, actually, I've been hitting um, tabletop gaming pretty hard 
and and going about Sweet. it very uh, deliberately, trying to. We have uh, friends that come over pretty regularly, and we were basically playing cards against humanity over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I had very much burned down on it. Mm-hmm. None of them were burning out on it. I apparently was the the only holdout oh. saying, eh, "Can we play something different?" So I, <laughs> I can only do coat hanger abortion so, so many, many times. times. And literally Hitler. I had a nickel. Exactly. <laughs> I would have at least 20, 25 cents. But yeah. so I, I set about watching the uh, Geek and Sundry series tabletop. Oh yeah. Set about oh, it with yeah. a purpose and very much targeted the games that were the, where they would do two per episode. So they, they were the games that were short duration, 15 to 30 minutes maximum because mm-hmm. my friends and family have, have, the, the attention span of a hyperactive flea. So yeah. we've gotten into things like Zombie Dice and yep. Zombie Dice Good the choice. sequel. And we've done Suro and uh, good old-fashioned Dominoes, actually. We've been playing Chicken Foot oh, yeah. Dominoes a lot. Yeah. Um, I introduced them to Roll For It, which is a really fun game and, and couldn't really be had for love nor money around the holidays when I was trying to get it. I found one store on the other side of the flipping city that my son and I drove to. It took us about 45 minutes to get there and got the last remaining deluxe copy of Roll for It, um, which I can, I can very highly recommend. It's a, f- a very fun dice game, very fast fun. Um, you, you put out cards, three cards at a time that have dice combinations on them. You have six dice, or excuse me, eight dice. And you roll them and you try and build up the combos on the cards. Then you collect the cards for points and then rinse, cool. rinse, repeat up to whatever, whatever point limit you want to set for your game. So yeah. lots of roll for it. And then, uh, we picked up Flux and which is a, a very in- Always a good interesting choice. card game. I'm having a hard time selling that to them. Actually, they're like, Oh, there's like rules and I have to pay attention and like be sober. I'm not as interested yeah. in this one. <laughs> we don't have yeah, it's, it just makes it a little easier to win right. if you the, are. The, the problem is they're all very competitive and they actually want to win. So uh, that that one has been a harder sell. Um, how many people come over generally when you play? It's, it's just uh, it, it, it is another couple and their children. So and sometimes they they have sent the children off to activities. and It's just the two of them. Okay, so it's two to four okay. other people. And the kids do love to play as well. So we'll have upwards of eight people at the table sometimes. Uh, and we'll yeah. usually, for you know, for the, cause we got the five year old up through the 14 year old and then the parents. So if we have the full crowd, it's usually something like roll for it or zombie dice, very simple rules, uh, or Suro, which is very straightforward. And uh, I'm wondering, I, I'm wondering how if Gloom would be a good fit for you all. I'm, cause that's one that we I'm not play. familiar with it. Gloom is, you, oh, gloom. you each have a family. I thought you said gloom, that's just yes. a gloom. No, I've been, I've been waiting for my game store to come back in stock for the base set. They have all yeah, the expansions yeah. in stock, and I've asked them to order yeah. another base. So I, I saw that one as well. It's very high on my list of things to try. No, my, my most recent score was one from the previous season of Tabletop, where this was before they learned to warn the game manufacturers that they were going to feature. <laughs> yeah. And I've been to several game stores where very clearly they have entire end caps and tables that are the Tabletop display. Because yeah. this has been a revolutionary thing for the stores selling tabletop games. And when they featured concept, they didn't warn the manufacturer that they were going to do it. And the manufacturer had actually just ceased production on it. 
Oh, my. So you could not get a copy of Concept in the last year, pretty much, because they uh. sold out the tiny bit of remaining stock, and then nothing more was being made. And it took a while for the noise from the game stores to get back to the manufacturer saying, print more of these. You will have make them, money. Make them now. <laughs> so wow. last week, finally, they got their first shipment of Concept back in with its new printing and got that one home. That's a, 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 are you familiar with concept at all? No, no. What's the, what's your premise? It is charades without words. So you have a board with a whole bunch of visual concepts illustrated. So you have a little icon for a man and a woman. You'll have an, uh, an icon for, for animals, one in all the different colors and different weather, all kinds of different things. And basically by moving tokens around and the only thing that you as the person trying to get the phrase or word across to the other players is all you're allowed to say is yes when somebody gets something you're trying to indicate so you know the example was chainsaw so you have you can put a token on tool you can put a token on tree and a token on cut and see if you can get them to guess chainsaw um, oh, okay. And, and it's really fun and, and interesting. And I'm, I'm, and I'm looking forward to now that I've got to actually next time we get together to try that one on for size and get people to play cool. that one. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I try to think of any others that, I mean, we just got, we just picked up pandemic. I got that for Christmas and it's, it's neat. But if you have competitive people where people want to beat each other, yeah. it doesn't work. No. It's beating the game, which, you know, and we love. And, but and the number of, 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 failure states in pandemic oh yes would never i would never be able to sell that to my wife (laughs) there's a lot of ways to lose my wife my wife has gotten physically violent with me over games of chess so (laughs) i'm choosing these games very carefully yes Not a lot of Monopoly games in your house? No. (laughs) Though, one of the experiences I I did have recently, the big name tabletop game providers like Parker Brothers have woken up to the fact that a lot of their games suck. Mm. So we had the good old game Sorry in the house. from, And over the years, we played it with my son when he was growing up, and the pieces got lost and the dog chewed up bits of it. And over Christmas, he actually, as part of his Christmas shopping, bought the family a new copy of Sorry. And what I didn't realize was it is the redesigned, streamlined, 2000, you know, 21st century version of Sorry, where they have taken a lot of the suck out of it. Oh, okay. So they took it down. You know, used to have four guys you had to get home. Now it's only three. And you used to be able to land on slide right outside your home base and slide right past your home base and have to start the hell all over again. They they, they now have color-coded all the different slides where if your guy's color doesn't appear on the slide, you don't slide. And conveniently, the one outside your safe zone is no longer one you slide on. That's a good idea. And then they've added a fire and ice mechanic to the game. So they have these little rings that you can put over the top of the of the meeples that one's a fire ring, one's an ice ring. And they've added text to the cards that says on certain cards, you may move fire or you may move ice. So you can, with fire, you put it on one of your guys. And with ice, you put it on an opponent's guy. With fire, all four corners of the board are labeled as fire spots. 
So at the beginning of your turn, if you have fire on one of your meeples, you can move him all the way to the most closest adjacent fire spot. So you leap ahead an entire side of the board. With nice. When you ice an opponent, that guy cannot move for any reason until ice is removed, until he draws ice and moves it onto one of yours. That includes if you land on the guy, normally you would bump him back to start. If you land on him and he has ice, you bump yourself back to start. And if he's on a slide bar and you slide through him, instead of bumping him to start, you bump yourself to start. So you avoid contact with the ice guy entirely. So, so there's there's actual strategy, not just roll dice move, and it, roll dice and move, it's roll all dice move. About speeding up the end game. So with the old version of Sorry, we could play for over an hour sometimes. Yeah. And it becomes a game, you know, a table flip situation. <laughs> With this one, you were routinely finishing after 15, 20 minutes tops on a long game. Nice. So nice. the old dogs are learning new tricks from these new upstart games like Calliope games coming out with, hey, fast, easy. Steve Jackson says, roll the zombie dice and you're done. And Parker Brothers says, we maybe should make some of these adjustments to our games because apparently yeah. they suck. <laughs> My, someone gave our daughter twister for christmas and i wanted to punch him in the face because <laughs> <laughs> i'm like you know that we'll have to play that with her right <laughs> left leg so like, left leg broken. I'm, I'm like i'm like i'll be the spinner i'll be the spinner <laughs> my wife's like thanks thanks a lot Thank no my, so my daughter got uh, twister for christmas too we're like that is a great game to take over to nana's house <laughs> and leave there <laughs> that's when nana broke a hip oh my well for me um uh, Todd, I think there's kind of a kindred thing going on here with wives. My my wife has been watching me play Heroes of the Storm since the alpha. I've been playing Heroes of the Storm for all this time. I love it. And the other night, I was playing, and she's like, so how does this game work? And I'm like, oh. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, well, and I'm, I'm giving her basic concepts. The object is to kill the core, and you, you attack each other. She's like, and there's WoW characters in there, right? I'm like, yeah, there's World of Warcraft. Because she, she took a WoW break a long time ago. She gets curious about it, but she's like, she doesn't know she wants to get the subscription and the whole thing all over again. But I'm like, well, yeah, there's Warcraft characters, and there's and she plays Hearthstone. So I go, there's Uther, and there's Malfaria. And she's like, oh, okay. So she said, okay, download it on my computer. I'll try it. So last night... We played Heroes of the Storm together. Granted, AI game. She was Rainer, and I was Malfi, and I was uh, uh, Moradin, Moradin, the tank, and I never left her side. <laughs> I was like, I was like, my job is to protect my wife, and this game not suck for her. <laughs> and that's what I did. And she and she did okay. She did all right, but she does a lot of. I mean, it was her first time playing, so a lot of the rookie mistakes of standing in one place and not moving, meaning that if we had been playing against real people, they probably would have just destroyed her. But the computer gives you a little bit of leeway. But uh, had a fun time with that, and she did well. And um, and uh, we actually were playing with another group that it was a, a husband and a wife, too. They were both playing for a long time. We're like, oh, my goodness, look, look at all of us couples hanging out and playing video games together. How nice. Um, on the mobile front, I've still been playing Contest of Champions. Um, the, the alliance that I'm in, the Fire Demons, um, we were discussing recruitment. Uh, the other day, and I said, well, we could put posts on Reddit that we're looking for members, and I said, awesome, you're an officer now, go do that. <laughs> so, 
So I am now the Nick Fury of our alliance. It's my job to go out and recruit superheroes. So that's what I've been doing. So I actually recruited in three new people today. So it's uh, it's been going well. It's been going well. They, when they found out that I had a podcast and all this stuff, they're like, oh, man, that's cool. You're a celebrity. I'm like, no, I just talk and a few people listen to me, and it's great, and I love it. But, uh, but yeah. Fire Demon, shout out to you. I'll, 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 I'll get more people in for us later. And incidentally, if any of you, any of our listeners are playing Contest of Champ- Marvel's Contest Champions on mobile platforms and want to, looking for an alliance, I'll be happy to get you in. We're, we're actively recruiting. Face it, direct, well, director, you are internet famous. Yeah, <laughs> internet famous. Uh, well, that, that just, that just means that, uh, that I, I might occasionally have someone buy me a beer once in a while, but I'll take that. It's good. It's good. Or or give you a mystery shot. That those those are the more interesting ones. Like, hey, drink this. Like, oh, okay. Say sure, good night, Gracie. <laughs> That's what we've been up to. Let's see what's been going on in the news. Stand by for news. Epic news play. And the big no news of the day is no news. This is Les Nesman saying, "May the good news be yours." In the news. Yeah, we'll do it live. Uh, every generation has their, their where were you when you heard thing. You know, my, my parents' generation, it was where were you when Kennedy was shot. And just um, now the newer generations, it was 9-11. But for, for my generation, and I'm, I'm kind of, I want to guess that, Todd, maybe you're kind of in the same category and, and Ryan, um, when the Challenger exploded, it was 30 years today. As we record this show on the 28th, that the Challenger exploded. Well, we're, we're um, the lucky winners of having that and 9-11. That's Joy. true. We do have 9-11, too. Yeah, we have both. Um, I just, I, yeah, I remember being in school, and I didn't see it happen live, but I I, I was pulled into a classroom almost immediately after. Um, but uh, I, I learned about it in the cafeteria line at my high school. Uh-huh. With someone telling a tasteless joke. Uh, yeah. Saying, that's, that's... saying the, hey, what's up? Not the challenger. I'm like, what are you talking, what are you talking about? Yeah. Didn't you hear? It's, a, it's amazing how fast, especially kids. Yeah. That was where we went. Yeah. <laughs> that was how we dealt with the tragedy was to make a horrible joke about it. Um, Actually, my secretary today, I was talking to a church, and uh, I, we were just commenting how it had been 30 years, and uh, she said she actually has a friend of her husband's she still does not speak to to this day because that was his first response was to make a joke. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, th- 30 years later, she still won't talk to him. And I'm like, wow, that's that's a dwarf-level grudge hold, but good on you, I guess. Um, go. Look at her book of grudges, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do not piss this one off. No, no. I Believe me, I take good care of my secretary. I make certain she's, she's happy. Um, but, yeah, 30 years, uh, I, it, was, it was, of course, the monumental teacher. Uh, Krista McAuliffe was the teacher going into space, and a lot of deal had been made about it. And uh, I was trying to think of other things from that era that fit with this and i remember from the era of very special episodes they did a very special episode of punky brewster dealing with the challenger exploding because for many kids of that age it was their first exposure to witnessing a death yeah even from a great distance like that yeah yeah because i mean kids were gathered around their televisions and saw it happen live um yeah, I and and it, you think about it now, 
we and, and unfortunately we've gotten worse in our in, in media coverage. How many times we saw that over and over and over again on television? You know, cause it, on the news, it, yeah, it got the viewership, but it did, it did. And it was and that was before that was in the the early the nascent stages of the twenty four hour news cycle. It wasn't anywhere oh. near what we have today with the internet and and CNN and and lots of cable channels dedicated to nothing but news all the time to the point where they truly are just making stuff up to fill time and creating mm-hmm. crises where there are none, creating conflict where there is none, just because they have showtime that they have to fill instead of the older era of breaking news where they would only start up the news program when there was actually something worth talking about. Yeah, uh, This is in the in-between time where we were transitioning from old school to, sadly, uh, new school news mm-hmm. cycle. But well, I do remember there being a bit of it going on though, because yeah. I remember they were constantly talking about how they could have survived. We just maybe haven't found them yet, and they had all these experts coming on trying to show. Well, these systems are in place, and we still don't know. And here's the ways that hypothetically they might still be alive. And you know, and you're a kid, and you're like, yeah, yeah, let them be okay, let them be okay. And then we found out they weren't. And no, and and, yeah. and in the intervening time, you know, we've long since learned that they absolutely survived the explosion it was the impact with the ocean that yeah was the true ending but and the true horrific thought yeah to, and you think to, about to, the, to the, the the in between time of that free fall of okay wow um that uh i, I would rather they had been just killed in the explosion and had yes. a very short you know period of of, of or, or not have realized what happened at all and just be and beyond to whatever is next um yeah. but just the, the, it's it was a very stark um horrifying and in our face rem- reminder of the risks of exploration yeah. um they had you know nasa had gotten you look back at the at the the movie apollo 13 and there's a scene where they're talking about their very lousy viewership for the live mm. broadcast from the capsule cuz they had made going to the moon too routine because they were too good at it Mm. and most of the documentaries you can look at about the challenger disaster reveal that it was the collision of public relations and engineering that absolutely set up this the circumstances that led to the disaster the engineers were saying very loudly we are outside the temperature parameters. We should not launch. And they were overridden by non-scientists or scientists who had caved to interests of, we have to get this teacher to space because it's, you know, the world is watching us and it's a PR nightmare if we cancel again. Mm. And we saw how that ended up. Yeah. yeah. And the hope is the space agency has learned from that and all indications are they have we have you know, we have since had the the columbia uh, columbia disaster. disaster but there were no decisions going into that that you can point to and say here's where somebody who's more interested in image overrode someone with science it was simply an inescapable situation. The if you do it enough times, there's a possibility something will go wrong. Right, and and you can yeah. only learn and iterate. And and they learned, they redesigned the 
solid rocket boosters. After the Columbia, they redesigned the insulation on the, the main fuel tank. But this, this is how we learn and this is the risks that explorers and scientists take. We hope for the best and, you know, numbers wise, percentage wise, we're doing well. We've had Apollo 10, Challenger and Columbia for our space agency as the major losses of life. Mm. Um, and, hundreds of other successful missions into low earth orbit and moon exploration. So you know, I look back at Challenger with you know sadness. It made a huge impact on me at the time. Um and it, it, but it also makes the people who do exploration and do science in space all the more heroic to me. Because they look, they get to see that too and say, that could be me. I am mm. going to get on top of this huge pillar of explosives and hope they explode in the right direction for the right amount of time to get me where I'm going to go to a place where I absolutely should not go. Where you know, uh, life, you know, the, the nature has signs written all over. It's like life not welcome here. <laughs> there is no air. Right. It is dead cold. You should not be here. No, 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 go, go lay on a beach. What are you doing here, balding monkey? No, uh. bad human. <laughs> but there are, there's, there's so much we can learn and so many things we can do, you know, in orbit or in microgravity environments that we cannot do anywhere else that, you know, that I, I want you know, the, the, the nerd in me wants more of that. I want the mission to Mars. I want the colonization of the asteroid belt. I want all these in incredibly risky endeavors because, you know, a, a big part of me says we can't stay here. Mm. You know, we, we have a very finite uh, existence as a species if we just, if we choose to stay here and do nothing. So let's get out there and see what the universe has to offer. So that, you know, that, that is my memory of, of the Challenger crew is that they died in service of all of humanity and, mm. and they will forever be heroes to me because of it. An another giant that others stood on the shoulders of as part of the process of continuing to push out and push forward. Yeah. The crew of the space shuttle Challenger honored us for the manner in which they lived their lives. We will never forget them, nor the last time we saw them this morning as they prepared for their journey and waved goodbye and slipped the surly bonds of earth to touch the face of god well before you get your big break in hollywood sometimes you got to do some other things to get your name out there uh for some performers it's porn uh for others it's toy shows wait, wait, uh, <laughs> i'm sorry is porn not the big break no it's not really the big break it's not it's i've not. been lied to I have, have been doing it wrong. <laughs> it's not the best way to go. Um, but in both cases, videos of what you did might come back to haunt you later in your career. And Vin Diesel this week has had a video from a Toy Fair performance in 1994 hit the internet, and it's glorious. This <laughs> is so awesome. Rawr. <laughs> I mean, but I, I gotta say, he did kind of a good job with these street sharks, because 
I gotta be, it kind of made me want to go out and get some. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I wanted the giant puppet shark, though. Yeah, he absolutely oh. sold it. I mean, the round mound of pound, and he said it with a straight face. <laughs> because his paycheck depended on it. It did depend on it. I, I've got a friend who actually, um, uh, Heather Nichols, I guess, McDonald's last name now? She's gotten married. Um, but she actually lives in L.A., and she works. she's trying to make her way as an actress, and she does these Toy Fair things where she's got to sit there and demonstrate the Hot Wheels and all that. And she's like, I never did Street Sharks, <laughs> So that that's Vin Diesel's got that one on. Well, it. you'll you'll hear a, a lot talked about your know, booth babes at conferences. I've really mm-hmm. never seen a booth boy before, and he, he yeah. really cut an impressive uh, image as the booth boy. But you you hear many stories about Vin Diesel clearly being one of us. He is a major oh, yes. major D and D nerd and just a general geek, and I think that served him well in this case. Cause it allowed him to invest in the story of these characters and, and sell the street sharks like no one else could sell them. Yeah. Oh, I would, get, I would, I would pay. I, I know that there's a podcast where he has played D and D with them. Yes. Uh, and I, 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 do, I can't remember the name of it though, that, but, but it's, it's a bunch of voice actors that play D and D together. Um, I'll have to find it and put it in the show notes, but I would pay good money to play D and D with the D's. I imagine it just is just like I'm gonna roll. I'm like, oh, please let him get it because he'll get really angry if he doesn't. No, he, uh, he can quote third edition rules to you verbatim and is a total uh, rules lawyer. So be careful what you wish for. Oh, uh, I, I, third edition was where I was where I stopped. So yeah, I, I would be okay with that. Yeah, I never third, went the third edition was a good place to stop. <laughs> Kids these days. Yeah. They're mini figs and they're sh- they're short modules. I don't know, man. Uh. I gotta say, though, watching this video was not the worst thing I think I've seen Vin Diesel do. No. Um, <laughs> I, what would that be? I've seen the movie The Pacifier, and <laughs> I don't Again, know. A, a paycheck was involved. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean. You know, uh, I mean, there ain't no shame. In that. I mean, you got to eat and stuff. But uh, I mean, if we're if we're just simply ranking uh, ranking jobs, I mean, I, I'm I'm sure Vin Diesel's done worse. So, um, you know, and, and kudos pulling off uh, the shirtless leather vest and the earring. Well done. And and the street sharks and the street and sharks all together. <laughs> early <laughs> early nineties, baby. The 80s hadn't quite rinsed off yet. <laughs> He's got the biggest mouth of them all. He's the whale shark. Say hello to that round mound of pound and his power slam. Very deadly. Oh. He loves to tenderize the competition before he eats it. Well, everybody's always trying to have this, the next big sport of the future. Of course, you know, eSports is the thing. You know, people watching live coverage of Heroes matches, Hearthstone, and, and uh, League of Legends, Dota, all this big stuff. Everybody pushing to be the next big sport. Um, could drone racing be the sport of the future? Absolutely. Oh, my. Did this thing feel like you were playing, like, a, an old, like, PlayStation game or something? Yeah, I, but you know what the first thing I thought of when I watched this? Is this is cool, but I will get into this when they bring battle bots into it. <laughs> no, shit. when drones yep. start shooting each other out of the sky, you got me. Um, that that will be, and that will happen, and that will be awesome. 
This will be the convergence of technologies where VR will meet drone racing. VR in the sense of there will be an overlay where frickin' lasers will be shooting between these things in the, in the VR view. Okay. And it'll, in reality, it's really little infrared bursts to, to indicate when you've disabled the other craft, but they will render it as a, a, an aerial dogfight with blasters, and that is what will sell this as a, as a sport. Because the, one, of the, one of the comments I saw in, in the chain responding to this is, this will never be as big as car racing or other types of racing because there's no risk to human life. Mm. And mm. like it or not, what people who show up for the Indy 500 for or Formula One racing is to see the wreck. They'll, or the pushing or the, or just the, the courage to push the limits right. and the, of and, possibly and, having the wreck. And the yeah. risk to life and limb to push that bleeding edge of speed while still keeping it on the ground. Um, and because drones are so detached from risk, then you know, getting people to turn out and be interested in it will be a challenge. What I think that person is leaving off the table is the, the budding VR industry. Mm. This could vary depending on how well they can translate either real time and the holy grail would be real time where people yeah. could participate in the point of view of their favorite from the point of view of their favorite racer over the internet in real time in a VR visor 360 degree 360 and be there as it happens you have a gold mine mm. and then also for the nerds for the nerds, for the nerds. oh yes but okay. the nerds yeah. are the we are the ones with the, the disposable income who are beginning exactly. to rule the economy. So, yeah. and again, we're in, you and I were talking about this a little bit in the pre-show where you don't have to be the national blockbuster to be successful anymore. True. Not every show needs to be the Cosby show or friends. You can looking at what Netflix is putting out in far as original program, you can find enough of an audience to perpetuate whatever it is you're creating. Mm -hmm. This fits beautifully in that. You don't have to be the replacement for World League football. You can be somebody who gets 2 million interested viewers worldwide, and that's enough to sustain the league. So I see this being discussed in terms of, is this the next big thing? And my response is, that's 20th century thinking. There is mm. no next big thing. There's the okay. next big thing for my tribe. And there may be the next big thing for your tribe, whatever your group of, of people are interested in. So stop talking about it in absolute terms of, will this be the thing to dominate world attention? There aren't any more of those. We're done with that. Stop talking. Stop thinking that way. I, I just want to, the reason I'm excited about this, I want to see some of the specter of drone, the drone hobby taken away from it. Because there are seriously people that I hear talking about drones freaking out over them. And my wife is one. My wife freaks out at the thought that people have these little quadcopters that could have a camera that are flying around in our neighborhood. 
you know, and, uh, and, and yet there is some possible invasion of privacy that can happen, but that doesn't mean we have to demonize the whole thing. And now is the FCC, what's the thing? The FCC wants to require you to register your drone. The FAA wants uh, to, yeah. FAA, FAA, FAA. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, but see, quadcopters don't actually fall under that. Um, and somebody, cause somebody got me one for my birthday and I was like, damn, am I going to have to register this with the FAA? Cause that sounds like a chore, uh, pass. And they're like, nope, it's a quadcopter. It's it's not a drone. It's different. And I was like, well, it sure seems the damn same uh, because <laughs> it does. I mean, it you know it operates the same. It's it the one I got has a camera on there. I can shoot video or or take photos with it. And and while people are freaking out about it, it's not really that easy. Like I have played with it a little bit. Nothing is damn frustrating to try and get you know any kind of accurate flight on. Uh, with the amount of time I have to spend on it. Now, I'm sure there's somebody out there that, you know, could be hovering outside your window right now, Cliff. Don't look. Don't well, look. I'm in the garage. I'm in the garage, um, so I'm good. So. so, Oh, okay, so you're leaving your family exposed to the weirdos. That's cool. Oh, but uh, We're moving in a month. It's, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Cliff, why so, do you hate your family? I, I love my family. They're okay. My, my in-laws are inside right now. Okay. They'll, they'll, oh, they'll okay. look after no, it. No, they'll no, look no. after it. It'll be fine. It's a, now, it's the, same as the one thing, oh, sorry, the, the one thing that I am curious about is where would the people sit? I mean, this this is a great use of that sports arena that's not being used right now. It's a really, where would you, it's a profoundly crappy spectator sport for people yeah. at the location. Yes. Because the drones are small. Yeah. And the uh, track you know, that they've laid out is fairly large and intricate. At least mm-hmm. the one they were using in this demo reel was in, yeah. in and out of tunnels. And it wasn't just that you looking down into a sports arena and watch them going around in, in an oval. Cause the, 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 the challenging thing to do for a drone is to have a very labyrinthine track for them mm-hmm. to have to, to go through and, you know, test the skills of the point of view, uh, pilot. So that makes for, I mean, it's a lousy spectator sport from the point of view of someone who's there in person. That's why I, what I said earlier, it has to sell. You have to be able to take the point of view of the individual drones and be able to live stream it, amalgamate it into either a multi-camera view where you can just see a summary of what's going on and easily switch to the point of view of, of the different racers to understand what's going on. Then it becomes exciting because you're there with the driver. Yeah. You're in yeah. you're you're in in the cab of the car with the Formula One driver. You're you're seeing what they see. And it's much easier to emotionally invest when you're there too. And especially why if you take it to the next step of VR where your head now is the drone, that's a whole other level of immersion. So mm-hmm. I think it'll only you know become a popular thing when they can perfect the point of view um, streaming and or playback of the races because looking at drone racing is profoundly boring. Yeah, I, I'm thinking the reason I, I was asking about the seating is not so much for all of it, but just the fact that you're using a sports arena in this picture. And granted, this is just kind of a proof of concept thing. But if you're going to light that place up and do that, uh, do all those things, there's going to be a certain amount of cost on a place that size. I like the idea of them using the deserted mall 
that's the next one they're going to is they're going to do one in the deserted mall. And I think that that's a good use of space. A would work better for the situation you're talking about, making it all virtual to view offline and doesn't cost as much to light it up, set it up the way that a sporting arena does that, you know, I'm just looking at cost to operate. I think that they'll have to use different arenas other than a sports arena. This is great for a video to introduce it to everybody. I just don't know if they could afford to always do it in a grand setting like that all the time without finding some way to monetize at the at the front end of it. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport. The thrill of victory. And the agony of defeat. Well, Todd, are you a, are you a steam sale junkie? I have managed to avoid that largely. I, I, I am a not insignificant steam library. I'm not mm-hmm. immune, uh, but yeah. I, I do not check in on it regularly, nor do I. Um, I shouldn't say that. I, I do have a significant number of games in my library that have zero hours played. Um, <laughs> some things that have been gifted to me, some things that I just have gotten when they were a good price and then just not had the time to play. Um, I had originally intended last year, I, I'd gotten the Fallout 3 Master Collection and wanted mm-hmm. to play through chunks of it before Fallout 4 released and totally failed to do any of that. <laughs> so it's sitting in there looking at me right now. Uh, you, I miss you. I miss you. Come back. Well, Pip-Boy misses well, Ryan, you. Ryan and I, a few, a few years ago, I was down at his place and I jury-rigged up the Atari 2600 to its HDTV. Atari 2600 now, or a Sears Telegame console? No, no, no. This was a, it was an actual Atari 2600, and it did not it did not work all that well because the signal being analog going into the digital did not play nicely. It was very jittery and and all that. Yeah, but you, you could make it work, but you could make it work. You could make it work, but we may soon be able to play a lot more smoothly. Because Steam is bringing the Atari Vault Package, a hundred classic games available on your PC or through the Steam console. Now, this is a show about nostalgia and rose-colored glasses, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Allow me to and, offer, and, and, offer this up and, as a prime example. Yes. Of, I was always disappointed by the Atari ports of games from the arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, I give you Pac-Man. That is the most glaring example. <laughs> um, wow. I mean, damn. How do they... I guess it kind of had a dude with a mouth that looked nothing at all like Pac-Man's mouth. Mm-hmm. And it was. And it had a maze. And, and there the similarities ended. Um, yeah. And you, you look at the, the accounts from that time, it's because the guys were given, you know, a month and a half or four weeks to do these ports, or just the, the profound limitations of the platform, and they couldn't come anywhere near what a, a dedicated, you know, uh, solid-state board in an arcade could do. Um, a Word a word document contains more data than, yeah. you know, than those games A did. talking yeah. greeting card today contains more computing power <laughs> than 2600 had. Thank you, Moore's Law. But... <laughs> So, I really I enjoyed a lot of the Atari games that were the original games, things like Combat. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, where Classic. they played to the strengths of the platform instead of trying to emulate something elsewhere. 
Uh, Yara's Revenge. Yara's, Yara's Revenge. Revenge. It's a great game. Loved it. Um, yeah. That that damn bug eating through the shield. Um, the when they tried and Warlords, you know, a game that actually made use of those stupid paddle attachments. Um, <laughs> one of the few, but. Their attempts to emulate things like Centipede and Asteroids and Pac-Man, uh, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I learned to have a kind of a seething hatred of, of their ports of, and just to avoid ports of main brand you know, video games. That's what a MAME console is for. Yes. <laughs> if you're going to go, go real. And, you know, what I want to know is, would Atari consider doing that? Or some of these companies consider, you know, legitimizing main ports over. And occasionally, some do, but mo- for the most part, the main community is those of us who go scraping the edges of the internet, finding mains and building our cabinets, you know, in 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 our in our garages. Not so much legitimately making them easily available. Um, I would be more interested in that than, like you said, the. The just a dash version of Missile Command, uh, and using a joystick for Missile Command isn't as much fun anyway. Um, trackball, baby, huge yeah, like bowling, yeah. bowling ball size trackball. <laughs> oh yeah, that you could catch the edge of your finger in and pinch it. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, that, and the yeah. Uh, the football games that use the trackballs. Those were the, the prime examples of the. Oh, that's event. just with the X's and O's. Yeah, yeah, yep. Oh, oh gosh! What was that? Was it John Elway's quarterback? Yep, that was another classic arcade. One of my favorites. That you you pulled back the the spring loaded joystick for passes. Oh yeah, many good many good uh, Friday afternoons at the old arcade for yeah, that. This, so. this looks to me like something where I, I would play each of the games once to have that nostalgia rush, and would probably never launch them again. Mm. I could see playing combat. Regularly, yeah, because I think that there is something fun about that very simple concept of two tanks yep. in a maze. Combat with ricochet turned on, yeah, and I'm, yep. I'm all there. That was that's still and screw I, I, invisible mode. <laughs> oh gosh, oh man, something about you could only see once you fired or something, or if they were in direct yeah. line of sight, or if they took damage. There were different variants. And it was, it was guaranteed the game would end with one of us throwing the controller at the other. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's oh, – I forgot about the invisible mode. <laughs> oh. You blocked it out because it was such a damaging memory. <laughs> I'd like an Atari 2600 system, please, and everything that goes with everything. You sure want everything? I want everything. Now you get a new low price, up to $30 a rebate office, and a free pack. Is that everything? It's not everything. You can get nearly 300 different copies. 300? That's nothing. Something. But it's not everything. Soon there'll be a voice module, trackball, remote control joysticks, and a computer keyboard. It's amazing. It's amazing, but it's not everything. It's not everything. Soon there'll be educational games, too. Is that everything? That's everything. For now. For now. The Atari 2600. Now get up to $30 in rebate offers plus a free Pac-Man. Well, like Ryan said, we have the occasional sad story, and we do have one obituary this week. And the main reason I want to have this is because um, 
there's probably been five different times people have thought this man has died. And uh, it was a running joke on a lot of late night talk shows. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Abe Vigoda is still alive. Uh, Conan O'Brien did it a lot. Always had had him there, but uh, well, the, the man Abe, the man looked like death warmed over since the mid seventies. You got to give it. Oh yeah, that. when he was playing fish on Barney yes. Miller, he looked back then. But uh, yeah, he he. he as Conan said, the man could make you laugh just by looking at you. Yep. He didn't. He didn't need dialogue. He just knew how to make you laugh just by being himself. And but Abe Vigoda, the classic old guy on television, uh, passed away this week at ninety-four. That part does not suck. So you made it to ninety-four. Hopefully, yes. it was in reasonably good good health, and you were hale in, in possession of your faculties. Uh, I I hope to make it. You know, to to, to that far, uh, unlikely given my my lifestyle and stature, because um, generally the the tall males uh, die first according to all the stats, and I'm six foot five and a dude. So um, <laughs> basically, hug me before we finish this show because I, I could go at any moment. No. Oh, don't, dude, don't, don't, don't even foreshadow things like that. You're gonna, gonna, as if, as if remembering Ava Goda and the Challenger wasn't enough. Don't, don't put that cloud over top of this. Spoiler alert: We all die at some point. We, yeah, we all die at some point. That's right. There is no That's Gilligan right. period on mortality. <laughs> but oh. yeah, it's um, one of those those character actors, um. Instantly recognizable, and yet your brain doesn't ever remember the name. It's like, oh, it's mm-hmm. that guy. Yeah, who's in or, all those things? Things, yeah. And, and then you try to remember the specific things, right? You're like, I, I uh, what, what happened I, there? I know I've Ugh. seen him. Um, yeah, but yeah, that 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 you know, to to have a a prolific life in the entertainment industry, and then you know, not check out until ninety four. Good on you, Abe Vigoda. And my good old friend Abe Vigoda is here. Abe's doing his part. Uh, last week, Abe tried to enlist at Old Navy. <laughs> Abe, Abe, it's Playboy, not Play Dead. We've talked on previous podcasts that you could still get a DeLorean. They had all the parts uh, that they had saved, and you could order up a uh, a DeLorean, but it looks like even more so, they're not just going to use the spare parts. They could be going into production. Marty! Do you, <laughs> do, do you have a love for unusual movie cars, Todd? Not not in particular. I mean, I, mean, I have a soft spot in my heart for the DeLorean from the Back to the Future films. Yeah. Um, but... I'm I'm not a, a vehicle wonk by any stretch of the imagination. You know, okay. I, I have no encyclopedic knowledge, and yet, you know, a stainless steel automobile. Just, well, yeah, duh. <laughs> Why did the coke fiend have to be the one who thought this up? <laughs> well, maybe well, probably because you know. So much, I hate to say it, but so much of the automotive industry is counting on the vehicle wearing out so you'll buy another vehicle. True. That's a big part of the model. I grew up in New York State where the the environment will dissolve your car given enough time. Um, So this very much much made sense. Um, 
it had, I, I was, are they going to be total accurate replicas or are they going to be visual replicas with modern sensibilities? Well, it's just saying it, uh, that it's go, it'll be back in production. The vehicle made famous by the movies. Uh, the company will build about 300 replica. 1982 DeLoreans under a low-volume manufacturing bill approved by the federal government. So it's the old specs, Okay, it appears to be. So, And doing an old car out of new parts is not a new thing. Right. Um, I've, got a, I've got a guy at my church who's a big Model A aficionado. He drives his Model A to church once in a while. You can buy a brand-new Ford Model A. They make all the parts new now. So you, if you want, you can have a replica Model A that is all new and everything and it, it, it's a lot less hassle <laughs> than restoring an old one apparently i imagine so um but it, but it's worth a lot less but it's still it's not cheap either but you know that apparently you have to get special permission if you're going to be the delorean because of all the brouhaha that's around the situation problems of the company so the refurbish you can get uh, which is all the old parts that they're putting together 45 to 55 the new ones he wants to do for a hundred grand Ryan, what do you think? Hundred grand for a DeLorean? Probably not. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying a hard no, but I'm saying highly unlikely. <laughs> Magic eight ball and wife say outcome doesn't look good. Yeah, see, the wife factor figures strongly into my equation of uh, my equation as well, and um, I don't want a divorce. So <laughs> nobody does. Nobody does. No, I wouldn't uh. say nobody, but I mean, I don't, for me, <laughs> I, I you know it's I gotta put kids through college before too long. Yeah, so it's just true. Um, it's true. I I don't want to be sitting there like trying to apply for financial aid, pulling up in my hundred thousand dollar Delorean. That just feels yeah. well. Wrong. You know, Atlanta, Atlanta, you got all the you got you know. You're, you're, you're Yollywood down there. So like fancy cars are, are more and more common all the time down there. Have you seen a DeLorean in the wild perchance? I, I, I don't know if I want to go on record as calling the DeLorean a fancy car. Uh, well, it's an, an unusual car. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that? unusual. That an yeah. Unusual but, I mean, we're not all sitting around the swimming hole going, woo wee. There goes that there DeLorean. Uh, so. I don't know. Uh, no, I have not seen a, a DeLorean uh, in the wild or, or here on the streets of, of uh, Atlanta. Hmm. You know, the, the, I, I've seen them. I saw them when I lived in, in Louisville. There was a, a guy local that had one. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 been a while since I've seen one. Yeah, I mean, the, the only DeLorean in Atlanta I've seen has been uh, at, at Con, the, the Dragon Con Parade. So. Oh, yeah. What about you? Any tooling around the uh, Phoenix, Arizona area? There's one or two. Apparently, I've, I have not crossed paths with them again, except at Phoenix Comic Con when they come with the Time Machine editions of them to mm. display. But they're usually driven in from out of state for that. Um, up in North Scottsdale, there's there's no shortage of of uh, with of people with more money than sense that um, will we'll have you know, an aircraft hangar filled with things that never see the light of day. Um, they just don't take them out and drive them very much. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Well, when I think of, uh, of, of film adaptations from TV shows, 
Um, and what direction they will go. All right. All right, guys. What direction are we going with the film adaptation of Little House on the Prairie? That, what, that shit what is going to get go- dark. <laughs> You're going dark, huh? Yes. No, I, no he, know, dark, he knows gritty, that Hollywood is going to go, is going to go dark. <laughs> I don't think you want it. You want it to go dark, but you know that that's what they're gonna do. I mean, I, no, I, I, I saw Highway to Heaven version of Little House on the Prairie. I'm, I'm ready for the dark version now, like the dark, gritty. Uh, I don't know. What, well, they just did what Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Like, let, let's go ahead and do <laughs> Little House on the Prairie and Undead. You know, it's it's out in the Midwest, so. Oh, you mean the. Wait, are you talking about the Popa Bawa? Well, Popa Bawa, there you go. Popa Bawa? No, that's terrible. We don't need that thing in a movie. <laughs> the the spam javelin? No, that that thing is horrible. Like, don't don't even say the name again. That thing is going to show up and do terrible things, dude. Uh, Popa Bawa is no joke. Okay, not, all right. Three times we're all going to die. Thank you. <laughs> Don't don't okay. answer your phone if it rings. By the way. Okay, so you're so you're saying they're going dark with it. So so Todd, do you think dark dark drama or what? Do you think another direction to take this? I can't get to that level of thinking about it because <laughs> my brain hits why and just stops. <laughs> well, I would agree with you there. I would agree with you there. I. There's a part of me that wonders: Would they go uh, slapstick comedy? Oh no, that's, that, that's Wagons East. That's John Candy's final missive to the yeah. world, and yeah. we saw how that turned out. No, this yeah. I just the I'm just trying to think like a movie executive for a second. So you're you're not doing nearly enough meth. Um, <laughs> no, the. Little House on the Prairie is a shining example of how each generation looks to its previous generation for source material. So this was a 70s thing because there were people living still who could tell the stories of this era. And mm. the, the books written by Laura Ingalls Wilder were still in circulation and were being put out by teachers who were barely a generation removed from this being the world as it was. I had to read them in elementary school right. for class, and I remember. They yeah. were good. They were tremendous insights into the not terribly distant past. Well, it's the distant past now. How are you going to get a millennial to give two shits about this? Well, they dress like hipsters and they live off the grid. Don't millennials <laughs> I don't know if this is quite hipster. Unless you mean like Cretaceous hipster. Okay, a Cretaceous hipster. Um, maybe Triassic. But. Okay. I don't. I mean, the, and maybe they're selling to us. Maybe their, their target demographic is the nostalgia crowd that is our generation who remembers reading the books and seeing the original television show and they're not going to attempt to market it to anyone other than us 
So if they're focusing on us and our disposable income, okay, I get where they're coming from. But I just don't see this having wide appeal, again, unless it is a dramatic reimagining of the, you know, completely non-fictional factual tale that it was about, that it was based upon. Um, mm. I just, I hold this up next to, you know, the Divergent Saga, um, and Maze Runner and say, yeah, you're not going to sell this to anybody. <laughs> I'm looking at, I'm looking at who they've got for, uh, director and screenwriter. I mean, the screenwriter is Abby Morgan, who did The Iron Lady and Suffragette. So, yeah, so scrap my idea about the witty comedy. That's not happening. No. Uh, yeah, this, this could just be just how rough the West was. Uh, or it could have nothing to do with anything but the title. We've seen that happen too. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, we, we, uh, the 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 television series did paint a very um, whitewashed, uh, uh, non non realistic version of how life actually was. They may go to the opposite extreme. Here, we're going to tell you a true story of uh, people colonizing the West for the first time and how hard a slog it was. We'll see. apparently loves a lot of things he's letting you know right now he's all over clean energy that's his big push but apparently he's also all over wanting another coal mine film he still wants what's best in life apparently and uh at some of the events he's been speaking at he says there is a conan film still in the works conan the conqueror do you want more conan I, I would take more Conan. I mean, I, I like Old, some, okay. I like some Conan. I mean, I like the uh, the uh, the version they did recently, um, the the kind of remake or whatever. I thought that actually came out really, really, really cool. Mm. Um, but uh, I just can't help reading this article. Wonder if I'm, I'm reading it right, and if uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger just isn't like super in love with himself. And the shape. Oh, absolutely, in. he is. It's absolutely, just, I was reading through that, and I was like, "Wait a minute, did I read this?" And so I went back and reread, and I was like, "Yeah, he's just." He goes on for for a good couple of lines there about how amazing it is that he's in such great shape, and has turned back the clock on himself or whatever. And can you not read that without hearing it in his voice? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all, or at least in a bad Arnold impression from Saturday Night Live, one of the two. Well, I think Arnold's voice is a bad impression of himself. Well, it could be. One of the advantages when you train every day, when you bicycle every day, when you work out every day, is that age is not registering in the body the same with everyone else. (laughs) Oh, man. You ever wonder if actually he really, like in private, lost the accent years ago, but it's just so much a part of him? Kind of like Drew Carey with the glasses. He just keeps them on Mm. because it's just part of the look now. (laughs) Like he talks, maybe he talks in perfectly fine english when the biz behind closed doors yeah yeah would you would you fetch me a, a fresh beverage please i need your clothes your boots and your motorcycle 
maybe. But I, I kind of like the I, I'll, I'll own I'll own that the idea of him playing the character older, but playing it as older as opposed to the fact that every Terminator is like they, we don't quite acknowledge the fact that he's older full on. But like the whole thing that Conan has been on the throne for years and years and years, and now someone's going to come and challenge the old man for it. That. That could be kind of interesting. Well, I, I will, I will give them that they ended Conan the Destroyer and Conan the Barbarian with the shot of the older Conan on the throne with the, you know, and this is a story for another time where he, he wore a crown well, on a heavy brow. And mm-hmm. so they, they absolutely have done the due diligence of laying the groundwork of he conquers his kingdom, and there is another story to be told at the end of his reign when he, you know, is is the the aging king. So they they laid the groundwork. I just don't. I I would have to see it. I, Hollywood <laughs> has surprised me before. Uh-huh. I'm looking at the new you know Blade Runner movie with tremendous trepidation. Even with Ridley Scott deeply involved, I'm still going. Uh, maybe you should just leave the classic alone. Yeah. So, but this isn't an instance of you know this was a single classic, and it wasn't. It's not something we hold up to the same levels as the Blade as Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah. We, Blade still, Run. we hold yeah. Conan up as high, but for very different and way funnier reasons. We hold it on the same level we hold up Beastmaster and Crow. Let's exactly. be honest. Exactly. It's it's that genre of film that we loved as kids. Uh, gl- not because it was great epic filmmaking. It punched all the right buttons for us at that age. The glaive, really the did. ferrets, and the freaking bat guys that digested people standing up. Yes. Yes, that, all of those things. <laughs> Conan, what is best in life? Crush your enemies. See them driven before you, and they hear the lamentation of the women. And with that, it's time to go back to present day. We hope that we haven't permanently destroyed your childhood. If you'd like to suggest something for us to look back on, you can email us at IRememberedItBetter at gmail.com. You can follow the show at IRI Better. Follow me at Revan Geek, Ryan at RAllGood98, Jules at JulesRPG. Todd, where can we follow you on Twitter? The Twitters, I am at AlphaGeekMedia. And I occasionally actually post things. And the Lord of all he surveys. If you missed any of that, you can find all the info on this program by going to www.iribetter.com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash iribetter. Want to join the chat room for the live show? Well, we broadcast most Thursday evenings at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv slash iribetter. Our voiceovers are provided by Amy Breedlove. You can follow her on Twitter at voicework. That's voice, W-E-R-K. And through her website, www.amiebreedlove.com. We're part of the Signals Media All-Star Network podcast family at signalsmedia.com. Please rate us on iTunes, and more importantly, tell your friends all about us. Todd, I greatly appreciate you coming by and hanging out with us tonight. Is there anything in particular you'd like to plug? Uh, just the website. Come on over to alphageekmedia.com. Uh, check out, we have our shiny new mobile site, so if you come on your phone, you'll get redirected to the very easy-to-use mobile site for watching live streams and downloading and, and streaming on demand all the different shows on the network. Uh, just come to tunein.alphageekradio.com for the ever-growing list of different ways you can subscribe to stuff and play it on your television, smart TV, tablet, computer, phone, you name it, we've got it. 
uh, just come in and geek out. Please rate us on iTunes. More importantly, tell your friends all about us. Join us soon for episode 123. One, two, three. It feels like a Sesame Street episode. We'll see you in the future. In the past. All right. Well, Ryan, Todd, Todd, Ryan. Hello. Hi. How is your world, other than your computer taking a complete dump on you, as it sounds like? Um, actually, that wouldn't, I mean, I'm into that, so, I mean, that's not, uh, <laughs> that's not really how I describe it, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, Go it's on. spinning. Yeah. <laughs> Spent a little time uh, in Germany, and, um. Sehr schön, Scheiter Films. Yeah. <laughs> Sehr gut. Um. Yeah. If you've got uh, your record running, Todd, I've got mine running. I just fired and, mine up, so I'll okay. have local MP3 for you and, and curse Jules. I was looking forward to talking with her, so just to I know. tell her we'll, I hate her. You know, and, okay, we'll, we'll get. We shall she, never reconcile. She is at Pack South. She is uh, speaking there. So. I forgive her. Okay. Well, we got only got five minutes left. Okay, which story do you want to shred? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Tom Cruise or Circuit City? Hmm. I mean, Tom Cruise is low hanging fruit. I would just, it I is. would just feel bad. Um, okay. And I worked retail for far too long to not like break out in a cold sweat discussing Circuit City. So I go with Arnold and okay. Arnold and Conan. Okay, we'll go into Arnold. All righty. Kermit, ah, Kermit Flail. Yeah. I will let you catch your breath before you turn around and yeah. do casually hardcore. So. Apparently, I need to call my parents and do some tech support first. So, yay! Oh, we, we all get to do that. I, I got to talk talk my dad through ransomware this week. That was fun. Oh, he, yeah. It's... My mother, my mother let my niece download a game on her laptop and locked it up. So, fortunately, my father's a habitual backupper. Good. So basically, he just he just wiped it clean and started over. So, thank you, Dad. I have to tell you a story from uh, from uh, Jedi Council the other night. Oh yeah, that I think appreciate. So so I'm at Jedi Council, and I'm there, and they're getting reports on another church that's um, getting that's seeking a pastor, and a buddy of mine was interested in it, and so I texted him. I said, "Man, they're talking about your church, and they're getting people to apply. Have you? Because I told him to self refer about a week ago. I'm like, have you self referred yet? And he said, I haven't yet. And I'm like, dude, you need to get on this. They are looking at people. And he said, okay, I need to get another reference and add it to it. He goes, and I'm like, another reference? He's like, yeah, I think you know him. I'm like, who is it? And he sends me a picture of John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like in the meeting, like, trying not to laugh. That's funny. This podcast is a part of the Signals Media All-Star Network. For more information on this and other fine shows, go to SignalsMedia.com. It's okay to stick our stuff in your ears. Really?